and welcome to the Thames and Hudson podcast. Hello, my name is Jasper Rees. Thanks to the smartphone and social media, more female photographers than ever before are empowered to record the world as they see it through a lens. But what about professionally? There the picture is more complicated. In 2011, Fiona Rogers started Firecracker, an online initiative for supporting female photographers. Since then, there's been a Firecracker grant and a Firecracker award, and now there is Firecrackers, Female Photographers Now, a hardback compendium of work by 33 female photographers. To assemble it, Fiona collaborated with Max Horton, who runs the MA in Documentary Photography at London College of Communication. The collection extends across the globe, from the far north of Russia to the Gold Coast of Australia, from a bathtub in Las Vegas to a community of Chinese dwarves. By turns inquisitive, tender, beautiful and shocking, the collection is always political and empathetic, and it fearlessly lives up to its title, which nonetheless begs the first question. Fiona, why firecrackers? Firecrackers was a nickname that my dad gave to me when I was a little girl, because I was impatient and had a bit of a temper. And uh, and it, it just seemed to me that um, in creating a, a, a platform for women that were trying to, you know, break the ceiling, um, that uh, that would be a, a suitable nickname for them also. I, I come from a background of dealing with quite a male-dominated um, industry. I have been working at Magnum Photos since 2005 and along the way I was meeting a vast number of incredible female photographers and I didn't really feel like there was um, much of a, of a space created for them to be able to, to meaningfully support what they were doing. Max, what were the criteria for inclusion? I guess the first criteria, the most important criteria was is the work completely wonderful does it sing do we remember it will other people remember it does it find a new way of telling perhaps a, a story or well, all stories are old stories so through the image d does it make us see differently there are lots more criteria um it was very important to be uh to submit to us as far as we could be to be global and i'm quite proud of what we've managed to achieve with that because it, it wasn't simple firecracker began as a european platform so we were delighted to expand uh, to a more global perspective. There are some photo essays about the male gaze which feature the photographer as subject. Hayley Morris Caffiero records reactions to her plus-size body. The wonderfully named Juno Calypso takes stylized pictures of herself in the bath and elsewhere. Anya Niemi places herself in a set of beautiful but stilted film stills. Chen Zi portrays a narrative of self-harm. Is it important to represent photography as a means of self-expression? It's absolutely important for female and other photographers to be able to express themselves, but it's equally important that that's not the only space they're allowed to occupy. The photographers in the book, I think of Diana Matar, um, trying to find a photographic language for a political disappearance, of Chloe G. Matthews, and interesting ongoing relationships with landscape. Uh, and those stories are just as important as self-expression, so yes and no would be my answer. I think it is. It's important to state that the book is not for women. The book is for everybody, and if it were only a book of self female self-expression, I think that might exclude a large proportion of our intended audience. There's a very strong representation from Russia, 
and from Africa. But if there's one overwhelmingly powerful thread, it's about Muslim culture. Um, has photography become particularly empowering for women in parts of the world where the patriarchy really holds absolutely all of the cards? Yeah, I, I think um, there's a, an incredible amount of interesting photography coming out of uh, out of the Arab world at the moment. I mean, just in the book, we've got incredible representations of, of the Arab world from wonderful photographers, strong photographers like Nusha Tabakolian. Um, and I think that it's it's reflective of where we are as a culture and the things that we are interested in, particularly, you know, in the West. I think, you know, with the current socio-economic, um, geographical um, agenda, people are interested in what's happening in, in the Arab world. And I think that there is, you know, more of a of an ownership now in, in that part of the world. They they don't want to be defined by what has happened, um, you know, through journalism, through the through through the photographic lens. They don't want to be defined by how Western media has portrayed them. Um, people like Nusha, uh, people like Polymy Basu, who's working um, on you know subjects about the Muslim world. Um, they want to redefine the way in which that they're being or they have been portrayed in the past. Um, Nusha just um, curated an incredible exhibition. Um, at the festival in, in Arles, uh, which was 66 Iranian photographers who are reclaiming you know, that part of their, their identity. And I think that if you look at a photograph of an edible burqa, as we see in the, the work of Bainaz uh, Babazadeh, uh, an Afghan-American photographer, then that's an absolute redefinition. In the case of Scarlett Coton turning her gaze on Moroccan men, um, it's just a very different form of representation. In Tahrir Square I found myself, says Laura El Tantawi, who was born and brought up in Worcester. There's gender politics in this book and there's identity politics, but there's also geopolitics. There are stories about Ukrainians wearing homemade body armour, the Armenian genocide, the Caspian Sea, and, as you mentioned, about Iran. To what extent were you looking for reportage with a human face? I think that there is great reportage, there's great photojournalism being created by women, uh, equally great reportage in those regions being created by men. Um, I think what women tend to do slightly better than potentially their male counterparts is have that sort of slightly more empathetic look at a situation. You know, you, you look at the work of Anastasia Taylor Lynn working in the Ukraine, she was with you know, very high-profile photographers uh, at that time, uh, documenting the uprising. Um, but the work that she's produced is is, is very different. So the point and shoot, see it, see it as it comes. You know, capture it quickly off the hoof approach. It's much more meditative. It's much more considered. It's much more long-term. She was interested in the people and and not creating a document about what was happening, but. And sort of why it was happening and, and people's very emotional responses to, to what was happening. And I think that that's, that's a really good example of where sometimes women's vision can be, can be different and a lot of cases better than um, some of the, the way that their male counterparts can, can see and respond to a situation. I'd add that documentary photography for me, and I am biased, um, I used to edit a magazine of documentary photography, Photo 8, and now I run the documentary photography MA at LCC, and documentary photography is where all the exciting stuff is happening, and its boundaries have just absolutely expanded, and it just allows 
storytelling to to become well fresh over and over again and yeah a lot of the most exciting work I would put in that genre of documentary photography not all of the work obviously in the firecrackers book uh, falls under that but a lot of, of the work does and yeah I would celebrate that Yes, there's a great deal of documentary photography in the book, but some of the work is elaborately staged and sometimes, you know, highly sculptural. Were you eager to support the idea that photography can be opaque and often difficult? Uh, yes, I think I think we we sought out to, you know, to represent lots of different genres of photography, and I, I'm I'm really pleased that we've got such a diversity of you know creative approaches. You know, everything from straight up sort of reportage and and you know the work of very powerful photojournalism right the way through to you know highly conceptual highly sculptural work work like Alma Hassa and the origami um, works that she's producing Juno Calypso with the you know this very staged staged photography I think it was important for us to be able to represent lots of different types of what we consider to be broadly the very broad church that documentary photography represents that and it's a medium that we we both love and I'm really pleased that we've managed to have that huge breadth of work from photojournalism right the way through to very highly abstract conceptual photography and then everything in between. For me um, photography has to move away from pure representation because of the idea that everybody is a photographer now so I even I can make a perfectly nice looking image on my phone and you know the F8 and B there isn't enough so I'm not saying that photography cannot represent but it also has to do more than that so I think that's why so many of the the most innovative photographers are working right at the edge of, of that practice and bringing in other ways of, of making people see things differently. The female gaze is turned upon men too in this book portraits of North African males as you've mentioned a weatherman in the extreme north of Russia, a photo essay about a London squatter called George. Most movingly of all, Mariella Sankari from Argentina portrays men who are the same age now as her father would have been had he not committed suicide when she was 14. Interestingly, the men are often much older. What does this collection say about the way women look at men? I think I could start answering that by the way in which men have written about women. So there's so much work, as a Proust or Roland Barthes, in pursuit of the mother, including a picture of their mother, um, W. Sebald's character, Austerlitz, in pursuit of this um, sort of perfect woman. And I think it's uh, just an answer, not necessarily deliberately, but uh, a response to that uh, trope that we are all so familiar with. And also, um, just to speak up for older men, I think that they're not particularly well represented. And to see uh, men like George in the bath and like uh, the representations of Mariella's father, I, I found it incredibly moving to see uh, an older man in the flesh. It says that women can look at men if they want to, when they want to, just like men have always looked at women if they want to, when they want to. It just makes that playing field that bit more level. Finally, what do you imagine the legacy of Firecrackers is going to be? We'd like the book to be representative of a period of time. Essentially, it's a snapshot of what women are working on right now. We wanted it to be very contemporary. We wanted it to be very politically minded. We wanted it to feel very now. We hope that there will be many iterations of uh, contemporary female photography books. Uh, as it exists, there aren't that many. 
And so we'd really love the book to be seen as a point in history. These stories that some women are telling and telling very well right now. I'd like Firecrackers to make certain of all of these wonderful 33 female photographers place in future history. There are many, many brilliant women working in the photographic industry. They don't get the same opportunities. And so I would like the legacy of Firecrackers to also mean that uh, the women in the book have monographs about them have solo shows at the major museums are treated in the same way that the kind of lone male photographer who gets a lot of the adulation and praise and so many of them should it's not that the work isn't excellent it's just that there's equally excellent work out there by women but the opportunities are different so I'd like firecrackers to start to blaze that trail. It's important to me that the book is about the photographers and the work. A lot of the times when you make a project that is you know, purely gender-based, it can feel a bit reductive. I think it's really important for me that the book is seen to be something that is, is very much about the stories and the work and is not necessarily a book that is being written about female photographers for the sake of them being female photographers. They are just photographers and they are producing some of the most interesting work that I've seen in a really long time. I'd like for the legacy to be about this work being made now. Fiona Rogers and Max Horton, thank you both very much indeed. Firecrackers is available from Thames and Hudson. You've been listening to the Thames and Hudson podcast. 